right. I literally just randomly thought of the Tracy Morgan or Tracy on um, 30 Rock when he's like, yeah. You ever think it's weird that we eat birds? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, should I open the podcast with random Tracy quotes? Anyway. Yeah. I'm with that. So anyway, you guys, do you think it's weird we eat birds? <laughs> I often wonder on that same you know? thought, on that same thought journey, I often wonder how people discover what foods we can eat over over time. Yes. Because it's so someone, odd. Someone had to die. Lots of people had to die for us think to learn of, you can't do that. Think of all the mushrooms that were eaten before they got to like the four or five okay ones that we put mm-hmm. in recipes now. Yeah. It was. Because they all look the same. They were like, right. that's a mushroom. That's safe. You think that that's safe. It's not. Same with berries. Like, this berry's safe. No, it's not. That's dead berry. That's death berry. Congratulations. You ate right. death berry. So I just want to let the council know that we've made a discovery. It seems like the berries that are the color red are dangerous and the ones that are the color blue are okay for consumption. What's that? Your face is, is swelling up. Your entire body is swelling up. You went to a factory and someone gave you a weird piece of candy and now you're a giant blueberry. <laughs> some of... I'm like uh, providing updates. Apparently some of the, the red berries are safe. It depends on the shape. You must pay attention to the shape and color of the berry. This just in, Professor Jackson Rasp has discovered that a certain red berry, which is actually a cluster of berries, is safe for consumption. To honor their discovery, we've decided to name this berry the raspberry. Yeah. It doesn't roll off the tongue, but it also will not make your tongue swell up. More at 11. Yeah. yeah. And we thank him for his discovery. Thank you, Dr. Rasp. Of the Rasputin family. <laughs> oh, is that? Maybe that's what it was. The raspberry is short for the Rasputin berry. Yeah. And over time, we just dropped the second half because it was weird. It well, was language clunky. evolves, Matthew. You know that's true. That's it true. changes. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Matthew, it's so pretentious when I hear my full name, and it's funny because yeah. I had an issue with my work email, so now instead of Matt, which this has been for over a decade, they had to elongate it to Matthew, mm-hmm. and I just can imagine the eye roll that the customers have before having to type in my entire name now. <laughs> oh yeah. I could, I could see that for sure. I like the idea of, call, I like calling you Matthew when I'm like, you need to hear your full biblical name right now. Right. Right. It's very waspy when you say it that way. I, I get, I get the intention completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for understanding Matthew. Yes. Yes. I want to, I want to talk for a moment. Since we're on the topic of ridiculousness, I want to talk about the process that that goes into the creation of songs performed by Beck Hansen. Now, this may sound completely random, but as you and the rest of uh, the rest of the Internet rather knows, we're currently going back over our most played songs on Spotify Mm -hmm. for the year 2022. And of course, one of my favorite songs pops up on the list, Loser. And mm-hmm. 
I go and I'm I'm singing along and I realize what I'm saying is absolute gibberish. It's like someone is having a stroke on the microphone, but it's it's on beat, so nobody said anything years ago. And over time we've just become comfortable with Mr. Hansen's delivery of, of his rhymes. He's a good rapper. I just want to go out on a limb and say that. It's so funny because he actually does have a decent flow, but he doesn't categorize himself as a rap artist. I've never thought of it that way. I've never thought of him like being like, like I understand and I understand what you're saying. And from what knowledge I have, I would agree, but I've never, I've never put that together. If that makes sense. I just I just want to give you a little sample for those who may not be familiar with the lyrics that Beck lays down on Loser. It's it's almost as if a hillbilly decided to lay down a rap track. And that's that's the vibe he's gone with for the entirety of his career. And it's it's gotten him great success over time. And, it's, you know, he survived uh, the Church of Science and <laughs> Scientology. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He broke out of there successfully, which may be why we don't hear about him as much anymore, because that hookup is gone now. But yeah, so Loser by Beck. Start, in the time of chimpanzees, I was a monkey. Butane in my veins, and I'm out to cut the junkie with the plastic eyeballs. Spray paint the vegetables. Dog food stalls with the beefcake pantyhose. It's, it's impossible <laughs> to say this. And think there's any type of edification, any type of knowledge being gleaned from this phrase whatsoever, but it slaps. And I don't understand why. It is a mystery to me. And it has been for the past couple of decades. I don't understand it, but I like it. Yeah, I like Beck as well. Um, I can't say I've ever done a deep dive into any of his albums beyond that one, which was that was what Olay that was that was no Odele was his second one i think this was like on his first one and oh. it wasn't as successful as Odele but Odele had a lot of hits on it though yeah i've only ever listened to Odele um and that was years ago so i've never done a deep dive on his stuff yeah yeah he's an interesting cat and he still makes good music he had an album come out a couple of years ago uh, <laughs> one of the songs was featured on a commercial and a lot of people got tired of it. That wow. Right now type of song. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I Wasn't it like dreams or something like that? Yeah. That was the name yeah. of the album. Yeah, yeah. That was really good. But some of the stuff mid career that he put out was glossed over. People weren't really paying attention because it wasn't what was hot at the mm -hmm. moment, but he did an album called Guero and then he did one, uh, he remixed the album himself and called it Guerolito. And I remember that. Yeah. Shockingly, the remix album was even better than the original. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> I just want to give this man credit because he, he could have killed the rap game. He could have took over so the rap world, but he decided to park his car in the lot of alternative indie rock. Maybe. So Beck was in your, your top, artists for this year not my top artist but that list of 100 songs that i listened to this year oh okay yeah yeah he's kind of near the end of it but i do like a lot of his stuff like that that album you just mentioned dreams was really good but that was a couple years ago and i, I kind of got tired of it i played it out a little bit yeah um i have to go through the full playlist of my top 100 songs because i don't have that like 
on my list right now, but yeah, um, just curious, who is your who are your top five artists? Okay, all right, I've I've still got the screenshot here. Of course, we've been discussing this in the Discord yeah. channel. Uh, we've been kind of comparing notes today. I love the variety of lists that people have. I love mm -hmm. how vastly different our listening tastes are, but there are some constants. I'll get to that next. But yeah, uh, I was I, even my list versus D's. We have such vastly different listening habits. It's incredible. Oh, so yeah. Number, Kayla and I have the same thing. Number one on my list was this band called Bad, Bad, Not Good. They're a group of producers. They work with a lot of hip hop artists. They worked with Ghostface Killer. Uh, they had that song Time Moves Slow, which, of course, all of TikTok knows as the sped up version. Uh, <laughs> that running away is easy. Is the leaving this hot, uh, you know, that, that adult swim bump yeah, 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 thing yeah. that everybody was doing. So that was on there because of that, they, they regained popularity and they just kept showing up and showing up and showing up on my randomly hmm. generated playlist. So like, I like these guys. They're really good. Cause I like the original version. I, I first heard that song, the, the slowed down version of it. Time moves slow at the end of an mm -hmm. episode of Barry, that HBO show. That's probably where I heard it for the first time, too, because I've yeah. seen like two seasons of that. It's just really good. I got hooked on it. So yeah, they were my show. number one. Tame Impala was second. He does a lot of work producing as well. Fantagram is on there because they're timeless. They're just great. Mitro, which is, I believe, like a synthwave uh, project. And then MF Doom was number five. And I'd argue that MF Doom would have been number one if they had counted all of his various AKAs as one person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he's MF Doom, of course, mad villain when he teams up with Quasimodo. He's Danger Doom when he's with D uh, Danger Mouse, the producer. Uh, Victor Vaughn is his alternate e alter ego, which is kind of great because on Mad Villain, he cuts a diss track as Victor Vaughn against MF Doom because MF Doom stole Victor Vaughn's girlfriend. It's, it's fucking, it's a mind twister. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, my top five were Taylor Swift was number one. Okay. Um, not really surprising there. Mac <laughs> Miller was number two, which I got super into Mac Miller this year. Kayla got me into him. Um, right and yeah, I've listened to a lot of Mac Miller. I'm still listening to a lot of Mac Miller. I probably will continue <laughs> to listen to a lot of Mac Miller. <laughs> Uh, he had three of my top five songs. I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that, that song he does with Anderson Pack is wonderful. So good. I yeah. love that song. It's so good. Um, Paramore was number three, which genuinely shocked me. Hmm. But I think it's because I did a deep dive on Paramore for really the first time ever. Okay. Uh, and I just think that ended up messing with my my numbers a bit there. It's so funny because Paramore, near the end of this year, they've they've really become a meme because mm -hmm. uh, people are realizing that black people like Paramore, the band. Yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, we've we've always liked Paramore. You guys just never asked us, <laughs> and it's true. Yeah. I've always liked Paramore. I've I've loved seeing the TikToks of like how like the love of Haley Williams specifically as well. It's just great. I love it. Yeah. There was a podcast that launched recently called Black People Love Paramore, where <laughs> the host and the guests, they do a deep dive on things traditionally not associated with Black people. 
like they uh, said, black people love hookah, black people love holiday foods, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of cool yeah, that, that, that inspired something like that. I like that. <laughs> that is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so they were three. Four was Harry Styles. I was not surprised by that. And then Maggie mm-hmm. Rogers was five. So. Yeah. Lots of lots of pop, pop rock, you know. Good stuff. Yep. So, I'm surprised Spotify, uh, Ruby Bridgers wasn't on Ruby. What's her name? Phoebe Bridgers. Phoebe Bridgers. That's the one. I'm surprised. Yeah. Um, I was actually surprised by that too because the past couple of years, it's been like Billie Eilish and Phoebe Bridgers have been on both, like always been on my list. Um, I really think it's the combination of <laughs> um, Taylor coming out with a new record. Yeah. And um Harry Styles coming out with a new record. So like last year I don't think Harry Styles was on my list even though I love Harry Styles like I just, I listened to that album a lot. Mm. I would say that Taylor's record and Harry's records were the ones I listened to the most this year. Now, when you did your best of 2022 on Spotify, was there a subcategory Damn. on there uh that offered you to take a look at the artists thanking you for listening to them? Over the past year? Wasn't that like you tweet about thanking them? There was something like that in the main one. Yeah. However, when Dee was showing me hers, because we put it up on the the TV, Mm -hmm. there's a section where her top artists, like, you know, they recorded a video saying, hey, thanks for listening to us this year. We're going to do even better in 2023. You're Mm going to love it. And then the second artist, you scroll up and they came up and they said, hey, Thank you so much for streaming us this year. It's been a pleasure to entertain you. That sort of thing. No, I didn't see that, but I was kind of, I was working when it came out. So I was kind Mm -hmm. of skipping through it and just getting to like the nitty gritty of the actual list themselves. So I could post in the discord. Um, But yeah, I need to go back and check that out. I really haven't even looked over the the playlist either that much. Another twist this year. And I don't think this was uh, an official Spotify thing, but it was one of those companion sites that somebody made to pull from your Spotify listening history where people were posting, uh, what was it? Festivals based on. Oh their yeah. Cards. Yeah. That was that entertaining was to cool. see too. I didn't do it. I don't know if you did it. I did mine. I saw John Craig put his up and of course it was all sky from top to bottom. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though, because first of all, most of the people at my festival unfortunately are no longer with us. So it would be a miracle to pull this festival off. I think I said something like no amount of money in the world can bring this festival to life because a lot of these people are well, dead. Unfortunately, it's literally not able to be brought to life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now I never did mine. I'd be curious to see what mine was. Um, but once again, like I forgot about it. It's kind so. of funny how it all came together too, because there was someone headlining, who was just a, a local DJ that I listened to quite a bit. They were headlining on the final day and on the second line, you know, sharing that, <laughs> sharing that second line were Green Day, Weezer and Foo Fighters just backing this guy up. I'm like, wow. Oh my God. <laughs> Somebody's going to get fired for putting this together. Like, imagine, imagine that's not like headlining. Right. <laughs> if Foo Fighters isn't headlining, something's wrong. I really am curious and I I don't want to take it down a dark path. We did enough of that last episode, but I am curious what 
they're going to do ultimately? Are they going to just take the time they need and come back as a band with a, with a new drummer? It's not completely out of the ordinary bands do it all the time, but I know they were very close to Taylor. So, um, yeah, I don't know. And I haven't really read anything about it. I, I would guess that they probably will come back eventually, but it's going to take time. I don't think they'll put a record out for a few years unless they need to do it to get like, unless it's like a cathartic thing. Right. Right. They put out so much music anyway for a band of that caliber with the career that they had, they put out so much new music over their career with actual Mm -hmm. chart topping hits later in their releases. Surprisingly. So their son is such a good drummer that, that like the idea of him becoming their drummer in a few years when he's like an adult would be really cool. That would be really cool. And you're right. He did an amazing job at the, at the Taylor Hawkins tribute special. They, they uh, had, which I think is still available to watch on Paramount plus at least a a truncated version of it. You can still Mm -hmm. see up there, but man, yeah, he threw down that kid. is Yeah. At the very least you can go watch clips of him um, drumming because that was amazing. Yeah. 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 If that's the life he, if he wants to do that, like, and that's a good situation to be in too, because you know that those guys will protect him. Right. They'll, they'll feel very protective of him. Um, and hopefully that'll keep him out of, you know, trouble that can follow that kind of level of fame and, um, notoriety. Sure. And even if he doesn't want to, even if he doesn't end up joining the Foo Fighters, ultimately, and he does his own thing with music and has his own band. I'm sure they're going to give him all the guidance that he could ever need. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I would be shocked if Dave Grohl's not like there for that family forever. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure he was like, he's always been like a friend to um, Francis Bean Cobain, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think he's always been like that kind of dude, you know, that's just there for people. He seems like a really cool guy. He does. I hope that that maintains because as we know, we can't really trust any, any, um, unfortunately, mostly male figures in the spotlight. Right. Right. I hope, I hope that one maintains. Sure. (laughs) At least he's not a politician. We got that going for us. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yet no i'm just kidding <laughs> yet imagine him running for office even like alderman or something like that it'd be fucking bonkers nah. <laughs> all right let's get into some stories of the week we have a lot of trailers this week we do we do have you had the a trailer chance? Well, week. i know we both saw one of them but did you get a chance to see cocaine bear i saw i've seen I haven't seen one of these of the the ones that we put on the list. So I did see the cocaine bear trailer. It looks ridiculous and hilarious. Yes, it does. And yes, weird. Does. And I, I dig it. I like that they're, you know, just it's completely out there. I haven't seen a movie, a trailer, get this much word of mouth over the period of one day in a very long time. It's people at my I job also, were talking about it. <laughs> I also think like... It gave me like early 2000s comedy feeling in a good way. Like, like something about it was just super weird. All of the actors are doing like very character actor comedic choices that I really enjoyed. And this is just based off of the trailer alone. Um, 
just like the accents, the costumes, everything that's going on is just out there and absurd. And it seems <laughs> real. Like, it seems like it's going to be a really fun movie. Yeah, it does. I'm, I'm kind of happy it's coming out for a very selfish reason too. The cocaine bear story happened back in 1985 and it has been one of those urban legends slash based on a true story sort of things that has fueled several between two and four white guy podcasts since the inception of podcasts. If you are on a podcast, if you've hosted a podcast with three other white guys, you have discussed this cocaine bear. <laughs> and We've never all... discussed the cocaine bear. That checks because out. Because we're short several white guys. If we had them mm-hmm. on the show, we would have been talking about that bear every other episode. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, <laughs> I hear it all the time. <laughs> It always comes up. But here's the thing. One of my favorite parts about this movie is the cast. It is feast or famine. It is from the highest highs, no pun intended, to the lowest (laughs) lows. And that's not a statement on anybody's personal ability or their talent or anything like that. But you have names on here (laughs) that you would never expect to see on the same call sheet. Check this out. You have... TikTok, uh, TikToker Scott Sice. He's the guy that does like the angry retail, like mm-hmm. close up TikTok sometimes. Over mm-hmm. like, oh, you want me to check in the back? There is no back. I checked in the back. Nothing's there. He's that yeah. guy. You know, if you see him, you'll know him. So he's in here. O'Shea Jackson, <laughs> Ice Cube's son, is also in the film. Oh, yeah. Christopher, and I'm not going to pronounce this last name right, Hivju from Game of Thrones. He was the redhead guy who was in love with uh, Gwyneth, Gwyneth of Tarth. Oh, oh, um, Tormund. Yes. From Game of Thrones, yeah. Tormund Giants Bane. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's in this as well. You have Carrie Russell. <laughs> Carrie fucking Russell. Are you kidding me? When I saw her, I was like, done, sold, I'm in. <laughs> Margot Martindale, fresh off of her career-defining role on, on BoJack Horseman. I was going to say character actress Marco Martin. <laughs> yes, the very same. <laughs> Fresh I, saw she was I was joking with somebody like, you know, she, you know, BoJack auditioned for the role of Cocaine Bear. <laughs> you know, he did. Yeah. And in his final role before his untimely passing, the one and only Ray Liotta. The fact that the last movie Ray Liotta makes is Cocaine Bear is kind of amazing. Yes, dude. What a way to go out. (laughs) What a way. Wow. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. So, yeah, we got that going on. I am am psyched for Cocaine Bear. I'm not psyched enough to go sit in a movie theater with people to watch it. No, no. I don't think it's going to be a movie theater movie for me either, but I still really want to watch it. I hope they put it out on video on demand, like almost immediately immediately. or streaming, whatever. Yeah. Do not delay. Put this on HBO max right now, Netflix, whatever. That's where it's going to do the best like numbers. Absolutely. It's, it's already a cult. It's already a cult classic. I can see it now. Oh, absolutely. People are going to be obsessed with that movie. It's TikTok, gonna make $1. when that movie comes out, holy shit. <laughs> I said it's the it's the spiritual sequel to Yogi Bear. It's basically the same movie. When is it supposed to come out? Uh, let's see. Next year, at some point. Feb 24, next year. Okay. Yep. 
All right, so we watched Cocaine Bear trailer. Let's talk about that seventy or that nineties show trailer. All right, the sequel to that seventy show. Man, I think this looks really great. Hmm. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna have some rough edges in the beginning because so did that seventy show. That's just okay. part of it. Yeah. Um, but I ju- the fact that it's it's Red and Kitty, I feel like is really gonna ground that show, and it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be fantastic. I'm glad that we're getting more Red and Kitty. Like that was primarily yeah. what was going on in that trailer. Of course, we have a whole new batch of kids. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's Eric's what his grand it's, rather his daughter his daughter yeah okay because it's like twenty year like you know the exact timeline in the nineties so what we when the um that seventy show premiered it was ex- what twenty years before or however much now it's the same with the nineties so. Yeah, uh, it's going to be Eric and Donna's daughter. That's that main character. So it's their granddaughter, and she's there for the summer, and she's hanging out with these friends that she makes in in uh, Point Place. That's swell. I'm in. I am excited to see it. Same. Uh, you know, no Donnie Masterson, so <laughs> that's good. Yeah, uh, he's a little busy right now. Um, there were no there were no cameos of the original kids in this trailer, which I think was a bold move. I'm glad they didn't do that. Uh, we know they're going to come back, but yeah, I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah, they did show the Vista Cruiser, though. I was surprised to see that make a return. I like the idea of her, you know, getting that car. They're like, ah, this old junk, you can have it. And that's just going to be her car. I think that'd be yeah. really cool. Yeah, I hope it still runs. It's it's a lot like the Ghostbusters mm-hmm. sequel that just came recently came out. <laughs> I never saw that one. In that regard, it was okay. I can't yeah, say it, it was the best okay. movie ever. It was alright, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I think it looks really fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, I'm going into it with a very open mind. I feel like if you if you get too critical of it, you might not enjoy it. But yeah. Yeah, I, I hope folks aren't expecting too much out of it. It already looks better than that 80s show. It doesn't look that ham-fisted. <laughs> right. The The writing feels the same, at least based on the trailer. Well, they brought back a lot of original people, not just on screen, but behind the screen. Like, like they have hired crew members from the original. Wow. The original creators are back. <laughs> uh, I, I know that on The Ranch, when they made the show The Ranch... Um, Ashton Kutcher and Danny Masterson, they had hired people from that 70 show as well as work crew. Okay. So that's just a thing. That's good. I'm glad they, they're they're doing that. That's really stand up of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I hope it pays off. It's on Netflix, right? Yes. uh, January 15th is when it's coming. All right. I'll check that out for sure. Premiering. So the Mario trailer, we've kind of already talked about Mario a little bit, but Mm-hmm. I, the voices aren't right, man. It looks beautiful. Visually, it's it's fantastic. But I don't know. What were your thoughts on that one? Well, let's talk about those voices a little bit. So I am glad that it, it, seems, that, it seems that Chris Pratt is trying harder in this one. I, I don't know if they went deeper in the well to find some more Mario sounding moments from the movie after the the tepid response of the first one 
Maybe they put in some alternate takes. I imagine they had some where they said, all right, well, you do this one a little bit more subdued. And there was some pushback. And, oh, you know, that's not Mario. Mario's an excited guy. He's always happy to do what he's doing. And then they're like, all right, well, go big on this one, and we'll see which one works. Well, we heard very little in the first trailer, to be fair. So very little. So very little. We got a lot of Bowser in that first trailer. Uh, This time we we got Bowser in this one, too. It was okay with him. It, it sounds very much like Jack Black just putting a little bit more growl in his voice, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. That works for Bowser. I like it. The one who's doing the heavy lifting in this movie is Keegan-Michael Key. <laughs> yeah, I agree. He's, he's, he's like, voice. oh, I actually put on a voice and no one else yes. did. It's yes. like no one told him. <laughs> like, dude, you can phone this in. It's all right. He's like, no, no, no. I want to show respect to the character. Of Toad. I want to make sure people know. <laughs> yeah. Even Charlie Day. I mean, he just, he sounds like Charlie Day. It's Charlie Day. He uh, sounds like Benny trying to put together a spaceship. That's fine. <laughs> That's okay. It's a Lego movie reunion. You know, it's, it's okay. They, they have, of course have Seth Rogen in here as Donkey Kong. We haven't really heard Donkey Kong say anything yet. Yeah, that's. I mean, I it's just going to be Seth Rogen's voice, right? Like, I, right. I've never I heard Seth Rogen change his voice. I hope something. Donkey Kong laughs and he still does it. <laughs> you know, yeah, I want to yeah, hear yeah. that. Yeah. I want to hear that. I hope so, so too. The character design is good for Donkey Kong, though. I like what they did there. Oh, all of the character designs are amazing to me. I don't like, know. It's... People have complained about the lack of booty for Mario. Oh, come on. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> That's enough of this. I'm. Mm, I wish no. I was making this up. There is discourse about Mario's booty. I don't understand. <laughs> okay, that's enough of the internet for one day. That is enough. Princess Peach's design. It looks like they just basically put Anna Taylor Joy into an AI machine. Who's doing her voice? Anna Taylor Joy. Oh, okay. She's actually doing the voice. She's doing the voice. That. Yeah, yeah. Of course, she from Last Night in Soho and the Vavitch. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, God. What was the chess show? Shit. The Queen's Gambit. The Queen's Gambit. Yeah, that show was great. Mm. Did you ever watch it? Still haven't watched it. I think you'd enjoy it. I probably would. I just need to be fully awake. Especially given your love of Mad Men and stuff. It gives that vibe. For sure. For sure. Mm. But there's so many video games to play, Lex. Oh, I understand. <laughs> totally. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Uh, so, yeah, the Mario trailer was there. It's going to be fun. There was a surprising moment in there. I'm not going to ruin for anybody, but they're really pulling from all the Mario lore. Is which it is a cameo cool. by the Vivovich? It is. Surprisingly, for a kid's movie, they just decided Sorry. to throw that in there. Sorry. <laughs> I spoiled it. Yeah, it's an A24 movie. Surprise. <laughs> Jesus. Imagine what that would look like. Horrifying. Cocaine Mario. <laughs> oh, that's just Charlie Day. That's all it is. Uh, cocaine Mario is just Charlie Day in real life. <laughs> it's just Charlie Day being Charlie from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> God, I've been seeing It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia clips on like TikTok and stuff like that. And I'm like, shit, do I have to go? I, I've been craving certain comedies lately. 
like like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that made me want to rewatch that 70s show at some point. Uh, I'll probably won't do that till next year, though. Um, you know, just things like that. I'm like, ah, damn it. You always talk about how certain TV shows can't be remade today. And, you know, we, we usually focus on full series that seem like time has passed mm-hmm. when that sort of thing was acceptable. I would argue that each season of Always Sunny, by the time the season wraps, they can never go back and do another no. season like that again. <laughs> no. They're like right ahead of the they, curve. Right? How do they get away with this? They can't right. keep getting away with this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is what Jesse Pinkman warned us about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's it. It's just, it's so gross. And it's just, they're so irredeemable. But I God know. Damn it, it's I funny. fucking love that show. It's so funny. <laughs> they just do such a good job and then they hear them talk about all the thought that goes into it it's like wow you put a lot of work into being shitty people it's it's impressive yeah and there's a lot of work that i mean they just they really care about making a like you know the character's morality aside just truly making people laugh and um it's interesting to hear them talk about how like they are obsessed with shows like Game of Thrones and stuff like that, or they were and because they were so wrapped up in comedy. That's their day job. That's their everything is to try to make things funny and they cannot watch comedies. Hmm. Like it's ruined comedies for them. And the Game of Thrones creators became friends with these always sunny in uh, Philadelphia creators for the opposite reason. They were like, we cannot watch anything serious because we deal with this shit all day long. So we have to watch comedies like it's always sunny. Wow. <laughs> Which that's, is fascinating. That's a, that's a, that's a good problem to have, I guess. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, it's, it's such an interesting show. I often wonder too, how someone are, is there anyone out there who would frame their entire picture of a place like Philadelphia just based on how it's depicted in fiction because <laughs> it's all over the place if you think about it if you think about oh I'm sure sunny. people do that about everything like like any big city especially portrayed in media oh absolutely it's just with New York it seems a little consistent mm-hmm. the way that New York is portrayed or the way that the boroughs are portrayed. People are quick to call out bullshit if mm-hmm. they see New York portrayed in a way that's not authentic or at least parody enough to let it slide. But Philly, if you think about Always Sunny, Abbott Elementary, the Rocky films, and Will's character from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, mm-hmm. these are four vastly different places. <laughs> I mean, from the time that I've I have been to Philly and like been around that area and stuff, it it really does vary. Mm. Um, but I can't speak a lot about that because I've only ever visited. I've never lived there or anything. Yeah, you know? I've only visited once myself, and the main thing that I noticed about it is the lack of alleys. It's just strange. Yeah. There's nowhere to throw your trash. <laughs> I was a kid when I went, so I didn't notice any stuff like that. Where are your garages? The streets just, they're back to back to back. What's happening here? (laughs) (laughs) It was a weird vibe. I don't know. We're going to New York for the first time, um, both of us, 
Kayla and I have never been to New York, um, and her birthday is Tuesday. So we're going uh, Friday night, flying in, and then coming back Tuesday night. Mm. And I'm very um, intimidated (laughs) by it. My cousin's there, so we're going to stay with her a couple nights and then stay at a hotel. So that helps, like, knowing someone there and, you know, can give you tips and everything like that. But I'm just like, oh, I don't know. Like, I, you know, it's such a big city. For sure. But, well, have yeah. fun. I don't have any advice to give you because I've never been myself. So. Really? That surprises me. Yeah, me too. Because there's so many things I like about New York, but I just never had an opportunity to go. Yeah. Yeah, we we managed to um, find some really well-priced tickets and stuff. I don't know how because it's around Christmas time. So we get to go see like the Rockefeller tree and everything like that. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Go see a Broadway show. Oh, do you have one in mind that you're going to go see or are you just going to figure it out when you get there? We are seeing Wicked. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to see that um, and go to lots of museums. That seems to be the biggest thing we want to do is like go look at museums. Wow. <laughs> we're both nerds. So. We just want to walk around and see art and historical artifacts and stuff. That's cool. Yeah. I'm glad you guys are going to do this. This sounds like a larger than life trip and it's, it sounds like it's going to be a ton of fun. So yeah, I'm very, I'm very nervous um, because I'm scared of giving, getting COVID again. Hmm. Um, because once you get it, y- you told me this, you know, way back when you got it, like how you, it's so bad that it, it sticks with you. And you, yeah. you fear it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want Kayla to have to deal with that yeah. either. So I, I have that fear. And then we're going to be very safe, um, especially since we're still around my father right now. Um, you know, we're going to mask up around him for the proper amount of time after and everything like that. Keep our distance. Mm-hmm. Just keep him safe. But yeah, I have some I have some anxiety about that for sure. Yeah, I understand. But. You got to do what you got to do. And plus, you know, in the not Man, too distant been, it's future. It's been almost three years. We're coming up on three years of this shit. That's right. But I was going to say in the not too distant future, you're going to be, you know, moving. So, yeah, this is like the trial run of just going and being out in the world away from your home base for that long. <laughs> I know. Uh it's so many things back to back right now. It's like the holidays and this and, you know, moving. New York at Christmas. Yeah. That's going to be great. I know. I'm excited. Sure. Absolutely. But yeah. Yeah. Also, we're moving like the first week of January. <laughs> <laughs> Try to have those thoughts as far apart as possible right now. <laughs> I... You're going to have to be my emotional support uh, friend during all of this where I'm like, there's so much to pack. Yeah, what no, this is this is why I'm saying the New York trip is a good thing. This is a trial run. You're going to go yeah. ahead. You're going to go to another place and live there for a little bit and then come back. <laughs> it's just the next time you do it, it's going to be a lot longer. And that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a little more permanent. That's all. It's just a really long trip. It's all yeah. right. <laughs> and you're taking a lot of your stuff with you. Yeah. At least I'll have my stuff. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh. oh, man. No more. Hey, 
a lot less lizards. There you go. Yeah. That's something to be happy about. I saw having a raccoon fighting an iguana. Gonna, having <laughs> seasons is going to be wild. Like I had to buy winter <laughs> coats and stuff. So yes, the the seasons thing. It's it's fun. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> Not seasons like you guys have. Obviously, no, we have winter. But, yeah, asterisk here, but yeah. you know it's. <laughs> Texas is a lot of fun. I'm still Texas. laughing about iguanas. Holy shit. Yeah, I saw a video <laughs> of a raccoon fighting an iguana, and the iguana, you know, it had its its stunt tail that it dropped, and the stunt tail is wiggling off in the distance trying to distract the raccoon. The raccoon's like, I ain't buying it, and he's beating up this iguana. <laughs> and he just takes it behind a car, and I'm like, holy shit, world star, that's crazy. Oh, raccoons no. are too smart, man. You can't fuck with them. They're little, they're little bandits. Right. With their creepy hands. Oh, I like their little their little weird hands. I just Hell think raccoons no. are delightfully weird and cute. <laughs> I'm not one of those like I'm not one of those white ladies that's like I'm gonna get a pet raccoon. But no. like I do think I do think they're very cute from a distance, and I like seeing videos and pictures of them and stuff. And I love from a distance. Okay, yeah. I love like raccoon memes and stupid shit like that. But yeah, <laughs> from a distance. Okay, but when you feed them, they never leave. Oh, just yeah. like children, they never leave. <laughs> just like children, tiny weird hands. All right, here's something that we haven't discussed at all, and I no, well, my throat did something weird there. Here's something we haven't discussed at all, and it's just really weird to me because it it's one of those algorithmic things that hits so many things that you like that it amazes me. It boggles the mind that we didn't talk about this before. There's a show that's going to premiere on Apple Plus next year called Shrinking. Have you heard of this? Nope. Okay. Well, check this out. It's a new 10-episode comedy, according to Deadline, which is starring Harrison Ford and Jason Segel. Now... did That's crazy. Yeah. That that alone right there, it's like, wait a minute, Harrison Ford on a TV show, a sitcom, how is this going to work? So that right there, that's that's train wreck worthy. You want to see what happens there. Jason Siegel, of course, How I Met Your Mother, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Sure. Hey, come on. Come on. <laughs> Forgetting Sarah Marshall, yeah. He's, I haven't seen him do anything for a little while either. He's kind of dipped. Yeah. Yeah, but what's even more exciting here is that this is going to be another banger from Ted Lasso co-creator Bill Lawrence. Oh, shit. It's also produced by Brett Goldstein. What? Okay, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, for sure. Which I I hate that Ted Lasso's only getting one more season, but I'm glad that they're still making other things. I was surprised. I didn't realize that Brett Goldstein not only acted on Ted Lasso, I didn't know he wrote it too. Like he wrote, yeah. he was a writer on there. That's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, I on. didn't know that either until they announced um, that season three was going to be the last one. Cause that's what Brett, he was the one who said that in an interview. So this like, is going to be another doozer production. It also features Krista Miller and Jessica Williams. Oh shit. Yeah. What a cast. What yeah, a I can't guy. believe I haven't heard of that. <laughs> when is that supposed to come out? Uh, January 27th. Oh, man. 
We're going to have to get Apple TV, aren't we? I know. You know, when you make a big purchase of, of electronics or something like that, they always give you a few months of Apple TV free. Oh, so. Kayla just got a new phone. I wonder if she got the Apple TV uh, subscription. There you go. And what's great about that is it doesn't expire. So you can wait to start your subscription until something comes on that you want to see. Because that's what I did with Ted Lasso. Oh, okay. With the first season, I had just gotten my phone. And with the second season, I had just gotten the PS5. And both of those came with the subscription. So I was like, all right, this is what we're Yeah, doing. and I could see Apple TV is one of those that I would probably pick up and then drop again kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like not yeah. keep it all the time, like Hulu or whatever. Right. Um, so, you know, when Ted Lasso comes on, I'll subscribe for, what, two months when it airs and then I'll drop it. There are a couple good shows on there on Apple there, TV. No, there's a lot of good shows on there. It's just hard to justify streaming stuff right now. Yeah, they're very short. That's the thing. Like, you know, Ted Lasso, of course, I think it's what, seven or eight episodes a season or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you maybe have maybe 10. Maybe 10. No more than 10. Severance is really good. I don't think you've watched I've heard that good yet. things, but I've never seen it. Yeah, we talked about that on the show a little bit. I was absolutely hooked on that. I would have paid for Apple TV to see how that ended up. It was so good. Fortunately, I didn't have to. Um, That's good. Yeah, Severance, uh, Servant, of course, the M. Night. I've seen a season and a half of that one. It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That one got a little bit tired after a little while, like all of his stuff does. But it's it's okay. There's a Fraggle Rock show on there, which I have not watched yet. But, you know, it's Fraggle Rock. Can't go wrong. And of the course, morning show's good. I've watched like two seasons of that. Morning show's good. That's another one that got a little tired after a while for me, though. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's good. That. It's just not subscribed good. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't gone back and watched it. Um, they had that. Um, what was it? It was like Defending Jacob or something like that. That Chris Evans show. It was a mini series. Oh. That was really good. Okay. Yeah, I didn't check that one out, yeah. but I've heard good things about that too. Yeah, it but that was only like six episodes or something like that. It was very, very well done, though. So, yeah, that's coming out. I, again, completely surprised that we had both somehow missed this. Yeah, I truly don't remember it. I'm, I mean, maybe we talked about it at some point when it was announced, but I don't remember it. Like, I did not know this existed. The fact that it's coming out soon is amazing. For sure. Like, now I don't have to wait for it, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's the good thing about not being tapped into that sort of thing. All right. So I guess this can be our wall of weird this week because we talk a lot of shit about James Cameron on this show. And I feel like it's rightfully so. I feel like it's validated because, man, the ego on this dude. Sure, he's made a lot of money in Hollywood. Okay, that's fine. But damn, dude, talking about get the fuck out of my office. We talked about that last week. <laughs> yeah, whenever he pops up in the the news, it's usually not the best uh, things. So, small correction: when he was talking about Avatar two having to gross over two billion dollars to make its money back, that was hyperbole. <laughs> Apparently, the number has been figured out to be closer to eight hundred million, which is an easily attainable goal. Okay, that yeah, film. that's not as I mean that I know that's insane. Like numerically, I know that's an insane amount of money. But for what that film is, I think that at the end of the day, they can probably make that back. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think that film buffs or people who consider themselves film buffs will go see this just to see what all the hype is about. And like we said last week, legitimate fans of the film. Now, we dragged James Cameron through the mud quite a bit on this show. As we fucking should. As we fucking should. But today, we have quite quite a different story about Mr. Cameron. The headline alone, (laughs) it's one of those. How James Cameron saved Guillermo del Toro's father from kidnappers. Yeah, you sent me this and I'm still processing it. (laughs) Director Guillermo del Toro, this is from grunge.com. Director Guillermo del Toro is praised for being a master of modern horror cinema. The Mexican-born auteur began his career as a special effects artist before diving into filmmaking. Now known for his celebrated films like Pan's Labyrinth and The Shape of Water, Biography reports that Del Toro made his feature film debut with Kronos in 1993. During the film's pre-production, Uproxx writes that Del Toro met and befriended fellow director James Cameron at a 4th of July party. The two hit it off, and Cameron later allowed Del Toro to stay at his guest house. Moreover, he also made various suggestions for Kronos. Needless to say, the film was a hit. Kronos won several awards and ultimately led to his second film, Mimic. According to IndieWire, the production of the sci-fi thriller was anything but ideal. Del Toro clashed with the film's producers, the Weinstein Brothers, and Miramax Films. He later recounted, I really hated the experience. (laughs) In a 2022 interview as seen on YouTube, Del Toro admitted that he had agreed to work on Mimic because the production of Kronos had plunged him into debt. Oof. I didn't know about that. So it goes on to say... Things, however, were about to get worse. In the midst of production of Mimic, Del Toro's father, Federico Del Toro, was kidnapped in his hometown of Guadalajara. The kidnappers wanted $1 million in ransom money. There was only one issue. Del Toro did not have the funds. Yeah, because it's a million dollars. And he's he's still an up and coming filmmaker. What the fuck? According to Cinema Blend, Del Toro had put all his money into Mimic and did not know how he was going to pay the ransom. Uproxx reports that the family eventually hired three hostage negotiators to no avail. After learning that Del Toro's father had been kidnapped, his old friend James Cameron stepped in and he took Del Toro to a bank and gave him the $1 million he needed. In addition, he recommended a negotiator that could help the process. In 1998, Federico was safely returned after a harrowing 72 days, all thanks to Cameron. Holy shit. Damn. I mean, this is a a good story about James Cameron, like yes. which he hasn't had a lot of those, in my opinion, lately or no. ever. <laughs> like, he, he's, he has so much talent, and I think that's why it's incredibly frustrating that he is the way that he is sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, I don't necessarily get the vibe from him. Even that, like, if I met him in person, I wouldn't like him or anything like that. I just something about his arrogance just gets to me, you know. I mean, if I had the ability to rock up to the bank with my with my pal, put a million dollars in his hand, and tell him I know somebody who can negotiate the release of your dad from the hostages. I would be kind of full of myself too. I'm just keeping it a hundred. I there's 
Maybe I would be too. I don't know. I've never been in that position. I likely never will be in that position, unfortunately. Unless you guys want to give me some money. I mean, shit. Just the fact that he had a negotiator on speed dial just to be like, check this out. Hook up with this dude. He'll help you. Like he had been through it before. What do we not know about James Cameron? What kind of life has he led that got him in contact Honestly, I think when you get money, like weird shit comes into your life. Weird people. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get a guy for everything kind of situation. Yeah. Just over anxious Terminator 2 fans just trying to come up to his doorstep all the time. It was a lot. Oh, God. Like, yeah. Stalkers and stuff like that. Who knows what he has to deal with? Anyone right. who's famous like that has to deal with. It's a lot like the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special where they just Still try to kidnap it. Kevin Bacon. That's <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> I need to watch it. I just haven't gotten around to it. I was thinking about how good Hawkeye was, also like Christmas shows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Last year, that was really good. Also in New York, they went to go see Rogers the Musical. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I'd pay to see that. Yeah, Kayla would yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, right? So. This is an amazing story. I can't imagine that Guillermo del Toro will ever say a bad thing about James Cameron. And rightfully so. I mean, the dude saved his father's life. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, why would you ever, like, view him in a negative light ever? Like, if right. you do something like that. That is that is a truly great thing. And that's a wild story that I can't believe neither one of us had ever heard before. Right, exactly. And the fact that Guillermo del Toro so so readily corroborates it, that he's so open about, like, yes, absolutely, this is true. James Cameron saved my father's life. He gave me a million dollars. This man is a hero. Like, he straight mm-hmm. up vouched for the boy. And that's so fucking cool. I love it. No, I um, agree. That's amazing. You know, it's it's so interesting because <laughs> with with nerd culture, it's so divisive in the way that they try to pit actor versus actor, who's better, you know, director versus director, who whose work speaks for their career better than anybody else. Even recently with some comments that, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino said mm-hmm. about how Marvel actors aren't real Hollywood celebrities. They're just part of a machine or whatever. He said something that was easily taken out of context and maybe he meant it because he he does tend to run his mouth quite a bit. But yeah, he does. It was funny because of all the people to speak up about it, it was Samuel L. Jackson. And I, I had to think, I'm like, you know what? Samuel L. Jackson is probably the best qualified person to speak about this situation because <laughs> he is Quentin Tarantino's go-to black man. Right. You know, He's and worked with him many times. He is General Nick Fury from the Marvel Universe. He's been in countless mm-hmm. Marvel films and projects. So he what knows. What did he say? He said, no, you're wrong, Quentin. <laughs> this is ridiculous. These people are legitimate actors. Look at Chadwick Boseman. This man can act, you know? Yeah. So he, he kind of made it. He kind of made Quentin Tarantino look like a heel in that regard. But yeah, it's interesting to hear about stories like this where where Hollywood types interact with one another in a substantial way like that, you know? Um, 
sometimes it's a positive story, like like James Cameron and Guillermo del Toro. Sometimes it's just Quentin Tarantino being bored on a Saturday night and going on a podcast or something and saying something stupid. Yeah, it seems like a lot of like prestigious film directors like that uh, do not appreciate Marvel movies or modern blockbusters, and I don't blame them. You know, right, right. I mean, Scorsese has been outspoken about it too. Yeah, but I it's a different type it. of like, movie. It's a, it's almost a different product altogether. Yeah, there's room for both, but I think the biggest criticism is they're seeing their smaller films kind of get pushed aside or not even funded at all because of these really big movies. Yeah. Because all of the money's going into that. All of the the, you know, eggs are in that basket. And I think that that's bothersome. And that is a, a genuine concern. I would agree with that point for anyone aside from Quentin Tarantino and Martin Scorsese. If it was anybody else trying to make that point, even if it was somebody like an Edgar Wright or something like that, you know, somebody on a smaller scale as far as budgets and production goes, they let both of those men do whatever the fuck they want for as long as they have film and a camera. I know there's no actual film and a camera. Don't write me. Uh, depends they on the will director. let them, <laughs> they will let them put their shit on any platform they want. Do you remember how long the Irishman was? It felt like it was a day and a half. Mm-hmm. Like my butt was sore. Right. But like, <laughs> I would I would readily loan my butt to Mario. It was so fucking numb. But at the same time, is the system that is set up now fostering a an opportunity for the next, you know, director of that caliber to come through? I don't know. I, I, like it mm. make those types of films. Um, and also those directors have said that they have had trouble getting films made, even like a Spielberg and stuff in this, well, this, in this is, climate. This is where we bring it all the way back to the beginning. Cocaine bear features no superheroes besides cocaine bear. <laughs> it's going to, it's going to change our lives. So. It's going to change our lives. Nobody. There's also the a 24 stuff that traditionally doesn't have people with superpowers of any tangible nature. I feel like we are at the apex of the superhero films. I feel like people are getting burnt out about these movies in a, in a very vocal way for better or worse. And I think they're going to cool off and we are going to see those smaller films return. Yeah, I agree. I think that it's, it's plateaued um, and you're going to see less and less people showing up for those. It's going to become a a niche market again. Mm Mm-hmm. A big niche, like maybe not niche is not the right word, but it's going to shrink a bit. There's always going to be people that want to watch it, but you know. Well, people are sending that message. I mean, you see how much conversation happened around Don't Worry Darling. People wanted that to be a thing for better or worse, even beyond the whole controversy and all that stuff, all the storylines tied into it, all the real life issues tied into it. Right, because it was something new. Right. They wanted it to succeed. It got such a wonderful standing ovation for two, three, four hours. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're. <laughs> I feel like we're going to see more movies get made that aren't related to the to the superhero genre, you know, of a substantial nature. In the yeah, near I agree. I agree. Um, but I I think that's where a lot of those concerns come from, honestly. Mm-hmm. 
or we shall see. Yeah. Yeah. We did it. We did it. We did it, Cocaine Bear. We did it. (laughs) And folks, you did it too. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you are having a peaceful holiday shopping season with your Cyber Mondays that are consistently going on. You know, if I can go on a mini tangent here, it's ridiculous Mm -hmm. because the Black Friday thing, sure. Okay. That makes sense. The Cyber Monday deals, they won't end. They keep saying Cyber Monday is extended for one more day. It's fucking Wednesday. Let it die. I saw a TikTok about this that was saying that they, because of the combination of like shortages from the pandemic and various other things that they over-purchased items. And so Mm -hmm. many of these stores are overstocked and you're going to expect to see these types of sales going into the new year. Yeah. And I'm fine with sales. It's just the whole razzle dazzle of it all talking about, Oh, you got to get it today because if you don't get it today, it'll go back to regular price. Whoops. Guess what? It's the next day and it's still the same sale price. Get what you need. Like I said, if you need to stock up on whatever, by all oh, means. It's been good timing for us to get household stuff, nice. but yeah. otherwise, you know. <laughs> we had a friend that was chiming in telling us about all these sales going on at Target and everything like that. Well, mm-hmm. I was well, I was mid bitch fest about <laughs> <laughs> about consumerism. Like, oh shit's twenty percent off at Target. Fuck, I really need this. Okay. Well, forget yeah. what I said. I'm going to get trash bags. Yeah. I mean, it's it's time. It's time to restock the pantries. Get what you need, obviously. Uh, I've seen a lot of news stories talking about how the economy is whatever, and people are running up all kind of credit card debt, getting these sales, getting what they need. It's it's because of the state of of it's it's because of uh, fucking capitalism capitalism that's what it is it always comes back to this is draining us and it sucks it's capitalism and it's also because we're sad as a nation right now we're all sad some of us are a little depressed yeah and what do people do when they're sad and depressed they shop yeah we've created it though well not us the you know higher ups of our world i've created this so that's true that's true i did though it's my fault so blame me yeah i will okay i will don't worry (laughs) if you'd like to blame us go ahead and check out patreon.com slash lex and matt that's right this is still an ad still here still selling fake doors come check us out patreon.com slash lex and matt you can be part of the discord server you can get all kind of cool stuff for the low, low price of whatever the fuck you want to pay a month. <laughs> yeah. We um, really love our Discord. Our Discord we is do. amazing. You should join it. Um, you only really have to go on for a month, honestly. Just like pay the two bucks, get on the Discord. It's worth it. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. Just come on in. We don't have kick people out, by the way. If you can nah. only afford a month, you can only afford a month. That's fine. Welcome we, in. We want to let you into the Discord. Bienvenidos. Yeah. All that good stuff. So come check us out. Um, highly recommend getting a Steam Deck that's neither here nor there. Follow us on social media at Lex and Matt across the board, I guess. Uh, yeah. And we will be back with another episode for you in the near future. Yeah. Uh, everybody, keep good thoughts for Lex as she goes on her journey. 
<laughs> into New York where I'm going to have York. a home alone situation. And also Kayla, keep her in mm-hmm. your, keep her in your thoughts and all that good stuff. They're okay. I just want them to have fun. Uh, <laughs> as always, I'm not like, <laughs> Am I dying? <laughs> Am I dying? <laughs> Why? What's wrong? Nothing. Just want you to think about it. That's all. <laughs> I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Lex Lutz. Be excellent to each other. Yeah. Okay.